galaxy lights, Coachella, lightning bolt necklaces. Did you catch all the scandal clues? Last March, one cheating scandal launched a reality TV investigation that generated hundreds of conspiracy theories, thousands of podcast episodes, and millions of dollars in revenue. I'm Jody Walker, host of An American Scandal. Ahead of the Vanderpump Rules premiere, relive the pop culture phenomenon that rocked a reality nation. Starting January 23rd on Ringer Dish. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to Guilty Pleasures, the show where TV critics stop lying to you for the clout. I'm Charles Holmes. He's Logan Murdoch. And today we're here to discuss one of the most cursed and or funny TV shows of the year, depending upon where you were on January 6th. That's right. Ted, the seven episode series based on the 2012 movie of the same name, hit Peacock earlier this month. According to the streamer, it's their most watched original title within its first three days. Seth MacFarlane of Family Guy, American Dad, and Ted fame directs all seven episodes. And I have to ask, Logan, are we still boys after I made you watch seven hours of Ted programming? Can I tell you the evolution of where I am right now? Please. And with my journey in loving this show, journey to loving this show, excuse me. So you hit me on the rando about a week ago and was like, hey, bro, do you watch Ted? And I'm like, no, but I think I'm going to. And you said, well, you need to watch it because we're doing something on Ringer Dish and I need you on this. So I said, what the hell? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to watch it. And I have a different relationship with Ted. I mean, I have a relationship with Ted, similar probably to, to the relationship you have with Ted. It came out when we were in college. Right. And we're we're now allegedly adults with different thought patterns and different views on the world. So I think I brought the adult view of the world to my first couple of episodes of this show, Ted. And then I made the great decision after episode two to uh, partake and uh, consume some of the devil's lettuce. 
and had a great time for the rest of the episodes. Uh, I watched them after like nine o'clock. Um, they were great. It was amazing uh, after I made that fateful decision. Uh, and then by the end, I watched the last episode this morning and I was Googling when season two was coming out. That's oh, where I'm at with it. Logan this is, is where we're built. here. We're here. This is what we're talking about. See, all right. My journey is a little bit different, you know, as everything starts for me at the ringer. It started as a bit where one day I woke up on Twitter and everybody was talking about Ted. And I'm just like, either Elon Musk really likes Ted, which is it seems like that would be his jam, or somebody at Peacock HQ, you know, in the marketing team, they're like, you know who our target demographic for Ted is? The sicko motherfuckers who are still on Twitter. So <laughs> let's just pay a bunch of bucks. Hey, I look, I searched. You are a sicko motherfucker that's still on Twitter. I looked you up just to see what you were talking about today, just because I was like, what's Charles up to? Like, not that we don't text every day, but then I looked on Twitter. You're a sick bastard. You should be oh, proud I'm of that. in there. Here's the thing. I like going down with the ship. I don't care. I'm I'm a terrible person. I like going down on the ship. That's why I'm watching Ted. And I had the same arc that you did. Where I was like, Charles, this bit is not worth it. You watching Ted and trying to convince yourself it's good. It's not worth it. And I just smoked a bunch of fucking weed. I like, I drank a Miller High Life. And I was just like, oh, hell I'm yeah. Here. I'm locked in. <laughs> you know what's weird, though, really quickly before we get to Ted? So in college, I was really straight edge and didn't do none of that stuff, right? And I, and I watched Ted. And, it's, and I was like, when I, when I was going back to go put, uh, go watch this series, I was like... Maybe I should go partake and see what the fuss is about. Maybe I should see what's up. The greatest decision when you're watching this. Yes. Like, it's the best, especially with the the content matter that we're going to talk about on this episode. But it was a great decision by you, pal. So I also think that because we are both similar ages, we're at this weird point where Family Guy, I think I was doing the math. I think it's like 25 years old. So we, or it's, it's up there. And, now we're at the age where people are getting nostalgia for like Family Guy and American Dad the same way that like Alan Siegel, shout out Alan Siegel, love him. He's the greatest. Like when you talk to him about The Simpsons, he talks about it with so much love because that is the series that he grew up in. He is a Simpsons, you know, savant, a master of that series. And I want to know from you, what is your relationship to Seth MacFarlane comedy and those shows in 2024? Because it's complicated you know it's weird because i think one of the 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 points that i made in my head as to why i didn't like the show uh ted the series uh for the first couple of episodes is because every time i hear seth mcfarland in a bit he's playing one he's playing an animal whether it's an actual animal type animal or a inanimate animal which is weird but i always go back to thinking Maybe this should be better as a cartoon. And I kept thinking about that with Ted. Like, should this bit be more of a cartoon because it was it's more sensationalized? Yeah, it was like, that's exactly what it was. It was like the Lion King did this. <laughs> if you Lion Kinged a, a television show, that's basically what they did on this one. And it was a little weird adjustment to go to, to doing that because everything is sensationalized. You talk about uh, when he has the, the AR 15 or the machine. I don't know. My oh, guns, but when he has the, the gun, right? In the pilot, when he figured out the blicky in the pilot, bro. And nothing happens to him. Right. If you're going to do live action in my, my opinion, you should have live action consequences. And there were no live action consequences to most of these actions on Ted. So that threw me for a loop, which is why I thought it was going to be, um, a cartoon, but my relationship with Seth MacFarlane is cartoon-based debauchery, and it was weird seeing it as a live action 
And I took a couple of episodes and a lot of weed to get adjusted to it. I mean, it also, I had the same arc that you did. And I was, it was funny because I think as we have grown as a culture, we have gone through the prestige TV era. We've seen stuff like Mad Men or Atlanta that have been like, okay, now TV now is this art form. And same thing politically. We're like, all right, these are the words that shouldn't say. This hurts people's feelings, all that stuff. Seth MacFarlane, uh, like, is in this weird island comedically now where even watching Ted for the first couple episodes, I'm like, this is everything that we've spent like the last 10 or 15 years being like, this is no longer funny. This is fucking dumb. And it took me taking my critic hat off and my, the hat that has probably the better taste and being like, all right, you need to come to this thing as it is. And what it is, is like, it is an abomination in a lot of ways, but it's addicting. And I did, I, I was very high, but I was also laughing. Well, I think the biggest thing that helped with this one is setting it in, a, in 1993, where you could kind of have a little bit more creative license in how you talk, because you can always have the built-in excuse of, man, that was back in 1993. Um, they just talked like that. We weren't as, we weren't as, uh, as reformed, and we weren't as, uh, uh, we weren't as enlightened as we are now as we were in 1993. And you see that where... Um, a lot of, and they use that. And I think this is a smart part of the show. They use the fact that it's 1993 to actually do a tongue in cheek messaging, which is really good. And I think that you see that a lot between Blair and Maddie, the father. And I think that that was a really good way to kind of ha- have the comedy that Seth is known for. If you put it in a different uh, era, you can use the, there was the R word used a lot. There was the, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of uh, words that I thought we outlawed in this, in this show. I mean, in this, in this, in our social consciousness and also on NBC, I thought that we outlawed a lot of those words, but they used the 1990s as a kind of backdoor way of doing it. And it was hilarious and it was in a, a very effective way of doing it. And they touch on a lot of subjects that are very 2024 based in 1993, which I thought was a really smart way of doing it. So I I want to talk before we get to like the series series. To me, Ted is kind of this weird middle part of wherever we're going with TV now. Now that prestige TV is pretty much dying. The streamers are like, we need to make money, all this stuff where Ted is a comedy, but turning it on and I'm like, all of these episodes are damn near an hour. Ted is not, it's not like one of those things where it's like, oh man, this is expensive. We can't show you Ted. Ted is in this motherfucker constantly. He looks just like the movie version in in interviews. McFarlane has been like, yeah, man, this series costs a lot of fucking money. There, There was a lot of VFX. To you, what does this kind of say about the state of TV where I'm like, basically Peacock and NBC probably dropped millions upon millions of dollars to effectively make an hour long version of elf and it's just like i was like watching this and i'm like this is wild i don't know if this show would even be made now not because of the comedy but just because like this is it's it's insane i'm just like this is just a regular comedy with a cgi bear in every shot yeah they did more cgi than marvel right like that was <laughs> one of the the things that was that better. was uh it, it did look better than they did look better than a lot of the Marvel series, but it was just interesting because we're, we're in this space, not just in um, television, but also in sports and all these things where we're doubling down so much on IP 
And I guess that's a sure bet to make your money back, but also it's more expensive. So it seems like this double-edged sword that we're in in terms of content right now, like we don't want to take any chances on anything that we might deem as cheap to, um, you know, maybe. And I think that that really messes up bringing the next generation along because we're so, and I think about this in sports a lot, right? Where you have, you know, who are the biggest names right now that are the biggest names, not only in linear television, uh, sports television, but also in the digital space. It is Stephen A. Smith, who is this, <laughs> who is almost 60. He's pushing 60, right? And it's the same thing that's going on in television where you're doubling down on these Seth McFarlands and these series that happened 10 years ago, and you're not really reinventing yourself. And as a consequence, it's harder to bring in new talent and bring in, honestly, new faces that, the the industry desperately needs. It's a weird time that we're in. No, it definitely is a weird time. And with all of that being said, let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. So the first thing that I was... I was actually chuckling at while I was watching it. And this show has the arc that a lot of sitcoms have where just by honestly Stockholm syndrome, you spend so much time with these characters, you end up falling in love with them where you're just like, oh, this is my family now. But I was wondering, is this show as edgy as it thinks it is? Because it was funny where it was like when I was in high school, college, watching Family Guy, American Dad. I was like, oh man, I can't believe they did. Oh my God. And now as a 31-year-old watching Ted, I was just like, oh, these are just Family Guy jokes. Like it it wasn't, it did not have that same spark. I was just like, oh no, this quite literally is the stuff that I was like laughing at as a dumb 15, 16, 17-year-old. Yeah, it's different, though, because it's like Family Guy feels like they were just fucking around, right? And American Dad just feel like they were just fucking around. I feel like this version of Ted is a little bit of fucking around, but also a lot of messaging, right? And for however you want to, you know, go about 
the messages that you heard. Um, it's a lot of that. You think about from the dad's perspective, you think about from Blair's perspective and how she's coming and finding her sexuality. And then you go from Ted who just wants to fuck around and just be like, yo, I'm Ted, I'm cool. And I, and I want to, I just want to fit in. Right. And um, it's just, it's interesting because, you know, I, I, I think I like Family Guy a lot more, one, because it's more of the originators, but I felt like more they were having a lot more fun than what Ted is attempting to do in this series. And it's also that has a lot to do with um, the times that we're in and also, you know, kind of this the revolution that we've had as a society in terms of talking about things. But it is a, it that does make it a different thing. And we could talk about you know the evolution of comedy and how you 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 um you know, you can make a comedy these days, but it did feel like back in the days, there was a lot more fun being had on the, on, on family guy and American dad. I mean, you brought up this point where there is a lot of messaging, but what I found hilarious about it is remember the fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode where like Carlton has to go to the hot, no, Will has to go to the hospital. Cause Carlton like had speed or some shit. And they're like, kids <laughs> yeah. don't take yeah. speed. Yeah, and, or or the Carlton episode where he goes to, where they go to jail and Carlton is just trying to figure out if he's a Republican or not yeah. in real time. <laughs> yes, so that is that's also kind of the bizarre thing about Ted, where Ted's messaging episodes or their episode of the week type shit comes from that sitcom mold, where there are episodes right. where it's just like Maddie, the homophobic father, needs to learn about <laughs> what it means to have a gender fluid person under the roof. And I was like, this is so strange because I'm like, if this was released in 93, people would be like, oh shit, they're doing some really, really big stuff on the Ted series. Can you believe yeah. these politics? And then in 2024, I was just like, oof, I, like, I can see what y'all are doing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this, I don't know if this passes the test. I don't know if this passes the liberal smell test. Because some of the shit yeah. they were saying in this episode, I was like, we tried. We tried with this episode of the week. We really, really did. <laughs> yep. yep. I mean, I, I, I will. Have but said. there's also some like the like, I don't know, man. There's also some bizarre shit on this show, man. Like, the, I mean, the truck. <laughs> yes, that. And also the um, getting back at your bully by pretending to be his 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 out of his life dad and then throwing <laughs> a party for this person and then hiring a dad to do this. And then somehow being friends with the bully after this happens because you you convinced the bully that you were had his best interests by making up being his father. What a fucking bizarre show. That's why you can't watch this. I think that's that why is you the can't episode watch this that without. got me, though. That was the episode where I was like, I'm locked in. because the That minute, was the episode that got you? Because, no, I hated that episode. And then I was like, oh, you're a horrible person. Because at one point, they're like, he tried to kill himself with Flintstones vitamins and I was very high and I started laughing and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like this show is terrible, but I'm like, I'm locked in. Fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah, all right, I'll ask you this. What was the episode that turned it around? Like episode or moment that you remember where you're like, fuck it, man. I'm Ted pilled. Let's go. Oh, it was the erectile dysfunction episode for sure. Um, it, it it pulled out a lot of uh, one. It was the shortest. Uh, <laughs> the first episode was fifty minutes. The second episode clocked in at thirty nine minutes, and this was the the uh, <laughs> the shortest episode of the uh, of the season at that point at thirty seven. So when I uh, got to that one, I loved it. It made me fall in love with the show because it pulled out a lot of young Logan's heartstrings. Um, cause I think we're the last generation of kids that actually know that porn went on VHS. 
uh, or actually have an idea of porn being on VHS and having a roped off section. I, I still remember, remember looking at like porno mags. Like there's kids today aren't like, why would you ever buy a fucking magazine of naked women? Use your iPhone. That's what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> I, I, I remember back around the corner from uh, when I was a kid, around the corner from my childhood home, there was an adult movie theater. I'm old enough to remember that. So you all that what? being said, an adult, yes. damn, damn, yes. from the trenches, yes. <laughs> from the streets. But no, so I rem- so all that being said, this really pulled at my heartstrings that episode, and then I was like, oh, I remember uh, people being shamed about watching VHS porn or 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 catching you know parents or catching uh, or trying to take out the VHS and seeing a film that what the hell is this. Yeah, you'd be like, all right. Well, I was like, I'm going to put this you in. Find, when you find out your parents are living foul, yeah, I, you, I remember well, that. I, whoa, so this whoa, don't it. sex shame the Murdochs, Logan. Okay, please. <laughs> it's 2024. It, fair, fair. Protect <laughs> sex workers and sex and, and all the sex video makers. But anyways, I, I remember that. And that's what turned the tide for me because I was like, I relate to this. I remember coming of age at the last of the Mohicans. These kids know nothing about the search that we had to do to see adult content. It was tough it was really tough okay so they would don't, you they say don't know, that's they the best episode of the season that was my f- that was my second best episode of the season my f- the best episode in my eyes of the season was um he's got to have it the season finale where uh where john's trying to uh lose his virginity i think that was the best one i think that was that was my favorite one it also pulled a lot of the logan hart strings what was your favorites how how did you what did you think of the episodes Damn. I'm, I'm interviewing you now i can tell you what i what was the worst one for me like the one that i was just like if anybody actually is like just charles really like this and they just put on an episode i'd be really like oh fuck man i fucked up it was loud night because like it was a couple reasons first this is the episode where they reveal that Blair, the um, the niece who lives with them, is is gender fluid, and she brings over, I believe, her her partner, her girlfriend is Sarah. Indian? Sarah. My favorite part of that episode is when they come out and uh, when they come out to the father, <laughs> and Ted goes, "Damn it, you won." <laughs> They, he, he pulls out the five and goes to John like, damn it, you won. I, I did it. laugh. Once again, <laughs> even in the worst episode, I was like, Charles, you're a terrible person. This was funny. But Loud Night was the episode where I was like, were there any people in the room that were not like straight white guys in their 50s? Because I was just like, they just bring this random person of color into the episode and they're just like, all right, this is who Blair's fucking. And she just has to like stand there and take all of the racist jokes. And I'm like, you needed like one more voice because that was the episode where I realized where a lot of people now in 2024 are like, comedy's not safe. You can't really say choke. You can't choke around anymore. You'd get da 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 da. And like Ted is the show where I'm just like, is this kind of what you guys want? Because if you want this, you can have it. But Loud Night was the one where I was just like, no, we've had shit like Atlanta and Insecure where we have very funny jokes that are all about race and just like, they're fucking going for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Loud Night was the one where I was like, yeah, man, we need another pass on this, guys. We just we just needed one more. But my favorite episode, damn, I think it was Ejectile Dysfunction. I think that was the one where I was like... <laughs> of course this, it was. Of course it was. It's such a cliche setup for a sitcom where it's like, all right, teenage boy and his friend try to, try to sneak out porn, all this stuff. And I was like, it... Once again, it's a dumb joke. They've done this joke on The Simpsons. But like when Ted 
And fucking Question that. for you, Charles. How much did you relate to the erectile dysfunction episode? Ooh. Here's the hmm. Not much. Because here's I was a very this will not surprise anyone. I was a very anxious kid. And I mm. just thought that the cops were going to be called on me at any given fucking time. Like it's you just thought like, she was gonna do three to five or to get for buying porn? I mean, dog, I thought I Yes, I just my anxiety's out the window. The fact that I'm a pothead now is crazy to me because it took a lot of years to be like Charles. You got to get this anxiety under under control. Sure, but th- that was the episode where I was like, the core, the kernel of this show that is the funniest is the fact that there's this like white kid who's doing a Mark Wahlberg impression, and then just Ted just getting up to hijinks. I laughed. Every single time, like, Ted would, like, run out of a room. Like, he would just scurry. Like, when he would, like, scurry to go get the hey, gun. I can was we like, have a conversation about this real quick? <laughs> can we have a conversation about Ted being a punk motherfucker and not actually being there for his people and you actually making things punk? worse? All right. Yes. All right. All right I'm, I'm giving you the floor. I'm Like, go. When the bully came, what happened? He tried to step up and got, it got punked, right? And then... Uh, and the uh, every time there's in, in the porn uh, in the porn episode that we just referenced, whenever something got tight, what did he do? He fucking ran and hide. Like, oh, I was gonna go do this. Oh, my bad. And then he lies and doesn't make anything better. And every and like the other thing, when Blair takes up for all of them, does he does he say thank you? No, he keeps on doing fucked up shit. He's not a good person. I don't think Ted's a good person. He is a he is a inherently bad person that is lovable. I mean, couple things. First of all, he's the first of his kind. So I do think that he uses, all right, I'll put it to you this way. I'm in LA. I'm searching for a new barber. And I realized that barbers have done something that we don't allow dentists, doctors, or any other people to do. Where it's like, when a motherfucker is like lining up your hair, he waits for the exact moment when you cannot move, the most important time to say the most fucked up shit. Why? Because as a society, we have told barbers, you guys can say the most fucked up shit in here because as black men, we need you and we're not going to press yep. you. And I think that reminds, me, that reminds me way. of my barber. That reminds me of my barber when after the Kyrie shit went down, had the whole documentary playing on Amazon <laughs> Wait, <laughs> while what? he's cutting my hair and telling me, yo, you know, this shit is real. This shit is actually, yo, man, Kyrie up talking that shit right there. And I'm like, oh, just, cut, just give me my but thing, again, bro. As a society, it's like, not only have we deemed it like you really can't say shit, but also they're lining you up. So I'm like, my life is in this motherfucker's hands right now. What, like, I'm going to have to walk around for a month with a fucked up hairline. When I, dog, last haircut I got, these motherfuckers was in that bitch be like, hey, yo, don't build women up because they just going to run away from your ass. Hey, yo. Don't go to Jamaica. There's a bunch of, there's an army of half Chinese, half Jamaican bad bitch women that, that are going to steal from you. And I was just like, I don't even know where I would start here, but like we are, I'm halfway through this taper fade. Like I, I just got to keep quiet. And I think Ted is the exact same way where it's like, you know, speaking of, speaking of that, and one, we need to get you out of Inglewood <laughs> getting your haircut. And, um, and secondly, <laughs> speaking of <laughs> speaking of men bashing women, I just wanted to talk really quickly. We've kind of touched on it a little bit, but I wanted to t- touch on he's got to have it right because I think it's a real. I think it's a really educational episode for us stupid ass men who are trying to lie and and connive and and cheat their way into 
getting into a woman's good graces. Whoa, I whoa, thought it was, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't put that, don't put that on me. Don't put that I'm not on putting me. That on you. I didn't put that on you. I put that you on your put, barber. You put me in that. Book. I put that on your barber. No, I put, I put. I didn't put you in that. I put that on your barber. And see, that's what a man does. A man be like, "Yo, don't put me. I'm not. I'm one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of the good ones." So, like, my question to you is right because let's be honest. The last episode built on some tropes that were a bit outdated, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm trying to let me. It's like, it reminded me of that uh, that um, that scene in the wood where they're all trying to put in money in the pot to see if they can get some ass at the end of the movie. Right. And I seen that here and usually it doesn't work out that way. I wanted old girl just to leave John. Like you're stupid. You lost out. You can't get it. Th- you can't, you can't get, you can't be redeemed after this. Why was he redeemed? Or may, what did you think of that episode? Dog? I didn't even finish that episode. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm tapped out. Like I watched half of it and I was just like, Seven episodes was too much. I like I can the bit, <laughs> the bit can only go so far. Where I was just like, after the like, I'm bringing a lesbian home for Christmas episode and dealing with that you were done? And, and, and like the politics of like I was like, oh, this is this is foul. And then like the first couple like minutes of like that one uh, where it was like, I'll just say the sexual politics on this. Honestly, all of the politics in this show are not great. They are very like heteronormative, very nuclear family, where even, like, the wife. Let's talk about the wife, where it's, like, one of the lessons of one of the episodes is, like, it's okay not to have dreams. You can find meaning being a housewife who is constantly being abused by her alcoholic fucking racist Who actually doesn't do shit, man. I wanted her to leave him so bad. I thought that was the episode she was going to leave him. I was like, please leave him, boo-boo. Please leave him. No, when when she opened the door and saw her niece, like, hooking up, I was like, wait, is she, is she, is this a sexual awakening? Is she going to be like, you know what? I don't like, like, my husband anymore. I'm sexually liberated. And it was like, no, that's like, Even the stories he said, even the stories he said where she felt endeared to him, and this is, like, I'll tell the story, and then I gotta ask this question, but when the, she said how she was endeared to him, how they went to the movies, and he said he didn't want to go to see the movie because of something he was insecure about, and then he made a whole ass, like, pick Picnic or something after oh, no, the it movie, was the and concert. that made it. It was the concert. Yeah, they went to a concert, and he was insecure <laughs> he didn't about want it. Two and men, he thinks two men can't harmonize, so they left. So they, har- yeah, bro. And then that's how you fell in love with this guy, baby. Got me to thinking, like, damn, the seventies sucked. Like, this is what this is this is what you guys romanticize, right? You guys are saying y'all are in your feelings like that. Y'all ain't uh, y'all haven't y'all haven't gotten into therapy yet. Like, that's what I was like. And I thought that she had this awakening. Like, yo, leave this dude. Like, leave him. I'm on my booze Blair's side, where I'm like, yo, we're, me and Blair are looking at him like, are you serious right now? Are you, Same. Are you kidding? What the fuck? I really did. I'm with you. I wanted, I was like, they should get divorced. Like that should be the next plot line. They should just like, if I will say he was a great actor because you're supposed to hate the dad, but the dad was a drag. Every single time he opened, I was like, all right, man, like, get it. And then then it was even worse when like the truck became a character. And then I'm like, and then it, I don't know if there was a lesson to be in this, but he never really got rid of the truck. The truck turned into <laughs> the, the truck. And the, once again, the politics of this are so weird because I They're get so the punchline because it's like, oh, the punchline is actually the, the truck. truck was repressed and is actually gay. Is, and was, I'm just was, like, was wait, the punchline one? 
are you saying that like all of the fucked up racist, sexist, homophobic shit that the truck said for the last 40 minutes is okay? Because now he describes in very long detail how gay he is. I was just like, this is like a wild, like politically, this is a wild thing. That's why, that's why this is such a, th- that's why honestly, like I enjoyed it, but this is such a shitty show. Let's just be honest. Like no, it was, I, it's so, something I, that you can't. Let me, all right, let me ask you this before, before we deem it a shitty show. Okay. Would this show be 25% better if every episode was 30 minutes? Because to your point, the episodes that were shorter and felt like a, an actual sitcom that were closer to 30 minutes, I'm like, oh no, now we're cooking. It was like the end of each episode that was like 15, 20 minutes too long where I'm like, we should have cut this. Like, we should have fucking cut I'm going to be honest with you, bro. It made me more thankful for Justin Barrier. You know why? Because I used to be really mad at him. And I'm not sure that, I don't know if he's going to listen to this episode, but I used to be really mad at him because I would turn in a draft and it would just be, just paragraphs, just no. And I used to just wanted to fight that dude. And then I watched this show and I'm like, you know what? I understand. I understand. Yes, editing is good. Editing is we good. We need to redline every fucking scene that the dad is in. That's what we needed to do on this episode <laughs> and also and on this series. And we needed to make this honestly, we needed to make this a cartoon. I I I really do think that this should would have been better off as a cartoon. I'm tired of really? the wine kingdomness of of live action. I didn't but like Ted is live action. Like, Ted I, has always been live action. I don't know, figure it out. All right, so here's the thing. The reason why I do think this needs to be live action is because if I can give Seth MacFarlane any, like he is a legend and you can tell that he understands what it takes to make not only a comedy, but a sitcom. Like this is, this show is like wearing its influences on its sleeve. I just felt like I was like, if this is going to be a sitcom, why does it have the running time of the succession episode? That makes no, like, it doesn't make any sense because what right. ends up happening is like the parts of the episode that I love the most usually would happen in like the first 15 to 20 minutes. And then the parts that I'd be like, would happen at the end because they're like, well, we have to teach a lesson. We have to wrap it up. And I don't know if you remember Family Guy or American Dad or the Cleveland show because they were only 22, 23 minutes. You never had time to be like, all right, here's the lesson of this episode. We each like, if you're it's kind of like, I, and that's like what I think the problem is with just where we are in terms of streaming right now and just with movies in general right now. It's everything is just so big and so grand. And and it's just, I, this is why I stopped watching Marvel films. They're too fucking long. There's too much going on in these shows. Don't on say these that. They're going to come after me. They already, they, if there's one thing that MCU fans hate, they hate light skinned black people and they hate light skinned black people who are critical of Marvel. <laughs> Watch yourself, yeah, Logan. That'll be all right. Anyways, it's you fine. said fuck. That's why I got off Twitter. That'll be all right. Come through. <laughs> Anywho, but I, I I do think that um, one of the things that was great about you know sitcoms and you know no or even just network television television in general, it had the appropriate amount of guardrails against shit like this. Where okay, it's got to be forty two minutes if you want to have an hour show on network television. Because we need commercials. Yeah. This, I, I, I don't, this is just one of those bloated things. It's like when I read my old writing at the ringer. It's just so bloated. It's just, it doesn't, it's a rebel without a cause. It's just too much, right? Let me cut this down. Let's get it down. And I really do think this would have been great. Just 22 minutes because when it goes, uh, 
when you have it at 50 minutes and all these things, you're all you're really doing is telling people that you have a message for them. And where instead of just showing what the message is, which what you would do in a 22 minute sitcom. And I think that they if this would have been a lot better, it would have probably been I would say like 65 percent better. If it was um, if it was thirty minutes, but here yeah, we both through. admitted, and it might have just had like a second a second season. We both admitted though that we enjoyed parts. Of, like that's what's hard because I'm like, if somebody asked me like critically, could you put critically your name that this is like a show that people should invest time in? I would be like, I don't know. But if like a stoner was like, should I throw on Ted when I'm high as shit at the end of the night? I would be like, absolutely, because you don't know this about me, Logan. I love trash. I like when I go out to a hotel. Dog, I know you watch I'm, Marvel. I, hey, <laughs> but yo, I'm I like to partake in stun up once. I'll, I'll be in hotel rooms watching Young Sheldon, The Big Bang Theory, American Dad. I love this shit. And there was part of this show where I was like, I actually like how unambitious it is. Like there was a part of me where I was like. Seth MacFarlane knows who Ted is. He knows what his jokes are. He knows what the areas are. And it is not trying to, like, break the form. It is literally like, all right, here's 40 minutes of Seth MacFarlane jokes and a fucking CGI teddy bear running around with a gun and talking about, like, porn and, like, having sex with So my retort to this, though, Charles, is if that is the case, right, and it is, like, and you do like it, that, why couldn't you just take the best parts of this movie and make it into Ted 3? I mean, that's what, it, if what I've read is true, that's what it was actually supposed to be. Like, this was supposed to be a prequel because Ted, the original Ted and Ted 2 did so well. And I think it was de- being developed as a movie. And then somewhere along the line, probably when Peacock came into existence, they're like, hey, what if we tried to do a TV show about this? So what you end up having is like, instead of getting the two-hour prequel Ted movie, we got the seven-hour prequel <laughs> We're so Ted fucked series. as a media society right now, bro. Like, we just have no order whatsoever. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's. oh my God. I, you said, you're saying you would have liked this better as a movie. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you take just the best parts of this, the funniest parts of this and put it in an hour, 40 minutes, I'd take it 1,000%. Because I think, one thing I think Seth, like he's a talented comedian and a talented writer. I think one thing you can't take away from Ted, there's at least one or two moments in each episode where I'm like, this is legitimately one of the funniest things I've seen in a while. Like, this is just that joke hit. But it's like, because... Like, in a movie, I'm like, oh, it just would have been those hits. But instead of that, over seven hours, I'm like, oh, shit, we got the thing that happens with comedians where I'm like, oh, no, we got the three-hour special. You didn't you didn't shave this shit off, like, at all, which is... Yeah. That the is one that no one asked for. This is another thing, man. We don't need extended cuts of your stand-up, t- your stand-up, please. We don't need it, okay? I, I just watched hour and a half of uh, Chris Rock's last uh, stand-up. Or was it was it was total blackout, the extended version. And I was like, you know what? We could have just did with the original. I didn't need an extra 30 minutes of this. We didn't need it. I understand you're Chris Rock, you're the greatest of all time, but still nah, didn't need it. If Justin Sales listens to this, he's gonna be like, finally, people respect the editors. Like, nah, let's not do this. They're gonna have too much fucking power. So my last question though, Logan, <laughs> on a scale from one one to one hundred, what are you giving Ted? Because we both admitted in the beginning we right. were one over. We were one over. I have over a counter question series. for you right now. Am I inebriated or not? All right, give it. All right, let's t- give the, let's do the inebriated one and then the, the non inebriated. Yes, we're both okay. high. Give the high an, review. I think it's an eight. An eight? 
I'll give it an eight. I was going to give it, I was going to give, this is out of 100, I would give it a 70. I would give it a 70. Like when I'm high, I'm just like, you know what? This goes down smooth. I'll give it an eight when I'm high. If, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm very sober, I'll give it a, I'll give it a four. Because it just wasn't like, it's stupid. It's really stupid. It's, that's probably yeah, I, why, that's yes. definitely why we're here. Like if I'm just like watching, if I saw this, right, and I had the option and it's like two in the afternoon, I'm like, I'm going to watch something else. I'd watch HGTV or something. If I yes, saw this, I'm turning but... If it's no, but if it's eleven thirty at night and I ain't doing nothing, and you got the like lava lamp up, bro, I'm watching this. Dog, I might get you might get four episodes out of me. This is this is dorm room level. Like there ain't nothing going on tonight. Let me like spark some shit and turn on some Ted. So I'm with you. I would give this a seven. That was my high. Like I'm very high rating. If I'm sober, it would probably be like a four. Before we get out of here, we have to make it. Sasha Mack, come on here, please. I, we need you. We need you. This is our producer who is producing uh, Ringer Dish. Get your get your recording out. Oh God! What, can can you give what is what are your rankings each each way for this show? Would you watch the show? Sasha didn't. I've never watch. watched the show. Oh damn it! Never mind. Cut the segment. Cut it. In I'm too busy. You're too busy. Right, well, do you judge us two <laughs> two men in the prime of their life enjoying the patriarchy? Do you judge us? For any enjoyment we got from Ted. Absolutely not. I still watch Family Guy. I like Family Guy. Wait, what? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You still, like, new Family Guy? No, well, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't watch it, like, on a week-to-week basis. Oh, okay. wait, how, like, but, how like, much do you I'll watch it? i fire up Hulu. Oh, so you'll just, like, have it we on the We watch old episodes. You're a sicko, Sasha. Like that's some sicko Sorry. behavior. I got my I got my British mom to watch Family Guy and laugh in high school, and I was like, I I have truly done something here. <laughs> this is a cross generational. This is so important. Let's Hell get yeah. it. So we also we have it. some recurring segments. Uh, Sash, what are what are the recurring <laughs> segments? What are we doing? Um, you know, it's very fluid on this show. We're figuring it fluid out. Just uh, like Blair we, from Ted. Look at ooh. that. Look, at, we learned a little. <laughs> Let's go. I am like lightly horrified to know that Ted is trying to like teach lessons to children or something. There's that, a whole safe sex that, episode. That scares me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, something that we like to do on the show is talk about the other trash that we're watching. What other trash? What other shows are you watching that you feel guilty about? Logan. Okay, I don't feel guilty about anything that I watch. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, okay, this is obviously this is an ongoing thing on the on the show. Like Juliet opens every single episode with, "I don't really like the title of this. Uh, I don't feel guilty oh, about anything I'm, I'm watching." Offici- <laughs> I'm not aficionado. I'm not aficionado. Oh, like I her, feel guilty. I, I have say- to. The shit that I like be watching is so fucking mid. I have to like I pull down the the the, the drapes and shit. And be like. I can't. I can't have anybody. I think like, okay. So the last bad thing, that good, good, bad, great thing that I watched, I watched the morning show, which was oh my god, it was mwah, it was so good. I don't care that any nothing, absolutely nothing makes sense on the show. You have Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston on one screen. All right, that's that's all you need. That's all you need. And are they really even on one screen all the time? Not necessarily, but hey, I'm here and I'm going to stay still here. Clears. They do. The check still clears. I'm I'm locked in on, on the morning show right now. Um, there, wait, what's there? One other one. Oh, another one that I'm watching right now that I'm very excited about. I just uh, I just started Ballers back up on HBO, and it is 
amazingly bad. It is even worse than I thought it was. And I loved it back then. And now I'm watching it all the way back around. It is amazing. I've already gotten to season three. What the fuck? Wait, why? Like, why? You don't have anything better to do with your time than watch Ballers? Well, you know, I, I work in sports, you know, it's it's fun, you know, just to see the and see the rock like try to be romantic in any point in his life. It's hilarious and just great. It's great television. And also my favorite thing to do. And it's been like that since I watched any given Sunday. I like watching like mortal people try to play professional athletes on television because they're all trash athletes. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's great. And you see that a lot on ballers, just like Ricky Jarrett, who thinks he's like uh, Tyreek Hill and he's just as in shape as I am. <laughs> and he's trying to run routes and you're tro- you're supposed to make me Yo. believe that that is true. No, that's what I love about it. It's great. Ballers and the morning show tap in. What about I, you? Those are that. Wow. I can't top ballers. Jeez. But, I'm not even going to give the names of the shit that I'm watching because that's how like guilty and like bad I feel about it. But I watch so much shit. Like it's just so much like good, like good. But also, I don't know. The first you one you is about you like, say a name. Say the name. It's about like these like anime girls who like they have a high school club where they're like, we want to make anime. It's our dream. And then it like flashes forwards. And it's like all of them like in the anime industry. And they all like want to like kill themselves because it's like so like terrible and they're like trying not to be like squashed under just like the time constraints and their shitty bosses and they're like this sucks but anime is worth it and it's just it's it's everything i want there's another one about like anime boys who have like an archery club and like one of them like gets like target panic where you can't hit the target anymore and all the rest of the boys are like you suck dude Fuck you, blah, 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 Charles, blah, blah. what the fuck is wrong with you? And then, but but then, all the boys, like, band together, and they're like, fuck your old teammates. We are your new team. And through the power of archery, we're going to find out something about ourselves. This is, this is why me and Van look at you crazy when we're in public spaces. <laughs> I was sicko, bro. Do you understand? That's, like, that's just two. Like, that's the most, like, PG of the shit I be watching. Like, there's tons. It's just... I could be on guilty pleasures right, every single the, day. Okay, last last guilty pleasure that I just made up for you, Charles. What is the wildest YouTube video you've watched in the last 48 hours? The wildest? See, I don't really be watching, I don't really be watching like wild YouTube videos. I more so get when I'm really, really high, I'm like, oh yo. Let me fire up YouTube and watch this old Japanese man make a perfect omelet in Tokyo. <laughs> That's like the shit that I, I'll be like, let me look at this Italian restaurant person making the perfect meatball and trying to keep his restaurant alive in this cutthroat. It'll just, that type of shit I'm on. Okay, that's a good place to end it. Logan, just, why a, do you look so disappointed? You, you know why? It's just, this well, is this is my time. Nah, nah, fuck that. This is I don't know pleasures. when I'm coming I back. I don't think we're ever going to do this again. Hell, I'm, they're going to want done. us back. This is what the people want. <laughs> Here's the thing, everybody. Don't be guilty about what you what you watch. Take it from me. I'm a salt hashtag salt of the earth boy. I'm here for everybody else who thinks they're too good for Ted. Thinks they're too good for fucking ballers. No, on guilty pleasures, we celebrate the best and brightest that TV has to offer and to the rest of those ringer TV critics with their Fargos and their successions, we're done with that. We're healing the nation. Me and Logan. 
out. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.